Welcome everyone to our featured podcast on thought leadership with Dr. Ray McKinley. Dr. McKinley is an expert on leadership and character development. Let's join the conversation now. Hello, everyone. This is Ray McKinley. Welcome to Ride the Elephant podcast. It's really good to have you here again today. Brian, my son, is here again with us. Last time we were talking about presumption and projection, and uh, we want to build off that and go into another topic which closely relates to it. So as we had that discussion last week, Brian, was there anything that you took away from that that uh, you had to think about it more or maybe want to come back and and talk about again before we go into this concept of value judging. Sure. Um, I just keep noticing this habit, the presumption habit, and it ties directly into value judgment, which we're going to talk about today. And uh, it again, it's interesting how nobody wants to be projected on, and yet everybody is projecting. And nobody wants to be value judged. And yet, everybody is value judging. This is something that we're all doing all the time. I think we're clear about what value judging is. We've talked about this before. So what I'm not clear about, there seems to be a difference between, like, how do we judge people who are really wrong, who are really doing something really, really bad? You know, it seems to me that you're talking about a kind of pride, kind of thinking you're better than other people, and like mockery, one-upmanship, those kinds of things. But what about when someone has committed a serious crime or something of that nature? Is that value judgment when we or our society seeks justice for that crime, whether that's restitution or incarceration how is it how is that kind of judgment different than what you're talking about well brian you know this is the quandary that we all face when we throw out this judge word i think we the fact that we see that we have a right to make a judgment and it's probably a good thing that we observe and make good judgments we need to judge the people we're with we need you know we need to be with people of good character so i guess in order for us to make a decision if we're going to be with a person of good character we need to make a judgment about that well that's a healthy judgment and then we make a decision i think the interesting thing about judgment judging being judgmental or being a judge these words we just use interchangeably like they're all basically the same what people I don't think realize, and if they stop to think about it, there's really a major, major difference between them. You know, think about this for a second. Let's take the first word, judge. Judge is to consider or to evaluate or to measure. We all need to do that. So what's wrong with judging? To judge is a good quality. Judging is when we are trying to understand, we're trying to figure something out. We need to be a good judge of that. Judgment is to discern and have a perspective to come to a conclusion about something, a belief or an opinion 
make good judgments is to be wise. Well, what's wrong with that? That's all good. However, what's the definition of judgmental? I don't know. Think about it for a second. Because we use all four of those words interchangeably like they all mean the same or approximately the same. The first three I gave you all have a positive connotation. Judgmental, do you think positive connotation? Do you think negative connotation? I think negative. Yeah. So that right there is your clue. The first three judge words are all positive. The fourth one, all of a sudden, wait a minute, that's negative. Right. So you're talking about discernment is good. Yes. It's, you got to pick the right people to, to keep around. You've got to guide your children in a way that, you know, they make good choices. So discernment is good. Being judgmental is, is being is, hypercritical. Okay. It's being negative. It's being disapproving. It's being derogatory. It's belittling. It's scornful. That's what judgmental is. And is that th what you want to be? So we have a tendency to fall into this trap of being judgmental because we think making good judgments is important. I had a teacher that I taught with years ago, and they really challenged me on this value judging concept. I said, you know, that's value judging. And, we, you know, that, that's wrong. We are not to be value judgers. He, he said, no, we are. We are to make good judgments. We are asked to be people who can look at something, make a decision, and make a good judgment about it. We need to teach our kids to make good judgments, okay? And to be fair in a dispute is to be a good judge, right? All of those things are great. And all those things are good qualities. To, and to teach that is one thing. But does that now give you a license to teach someone how to be judgmental? So when someone doesn't meet your standard, when somebody does something that you don't like, now I can be judgmental about it. See, now they use that as a license to be judgmental. I'm saying time out. I really wish there was another word than judgmental. That's why I try to talk about it as a value judgment by throwing the value in there because that's really what you're doing. You're making a judgment about someone else's value. And who are you to do that? Now, granted, if you don't want to be around the person who has that value, that's fine. You have every right to be that. You can make that decision. But to be critical, to attack that person, to think negatively about them, gossip about them, treat them as less than, that's a different animal. That's a character flaw. Your thoughts about the difference between those four words and how they play out in our lexicon and in our conversations. My thought is that that is still really confusing to me. And I almost just have to rely on the person I'm talking to to understand when I say they're being judgmental. I mean, if your kid says to you, well, dad, you're just being judgmental. You're, that's, that's a long conversation. But then to go and break down how you're trying to teach them how to make good judgments without judging them. Yeah. 
But my other thought here is the groupthink issue. Because I thought I heard you say, you know, we have to be a good judge, but we can't be teaching people to be judgmental of others. And it seems to me that groups always try to get their people in their group to think judgmentally of people outside the group. And when we do that, and we do that, and we do judge people about outside the group, we label them. That's being judgmental. We throw use ad hominem attacks. We attack the person instead of the point. And we make the person less than, and that we can win our point if we make the person look stupid, or we can call them something, call them a name. One of the most common names we hear today that tries to marginalize somebody is they call somebody a racist. Well, you know, how do you win that argument when somebody says, oh, you're just racist? Well, now we, we no longer are in discussion anymore. There's no having a conversation about the validity of your point and the validity of my point. Soon as you throw a label out, <laughs> all bets are off. I mean, you're now you've been labeled, now you're a racist, and now you can have no conversation. We see that play out in the media today. We see that play out with politicians today. So we immediately become judgmental, and we throw out an ad hominem attack, and there's many words and terms that are like that that minimize people and marginalize their effectiveness. Calling a person stupid. Oh, that's just stupid. Well, that's a label, too. Well, you can't have a conversation with someone that's stupid. <laughs> you know, what Forrest Gump say about stupid? Stupid is as stupid does. <laughs> there you go. So when we label someone stupid, we're value judging. You know, I think you brought up an interesting point, And I think this, because this is a discussion that I've had with thousands and thousands of people. And it all comes down to the same thing. Nobody likes this. When I was first told 40 years that I was by Bill McGrain that I was a value judger, and I've been value judging, I was so mad at him and I was so angry at him and I spent my whole drive home from Cincinnati saying, what is he talking about value judging? You know, and I, I was so against what he was trying to say. But what I really re- recognized over time, how true that was and how much I was value judging. And I think one of the things that helped me clear it up was this. There's two types of relationships. There's agreement-based relationships and there's non-agreement-based relationships. So if I'm in an agreement-based relationship, that's a different dynamic. An agreement-based relationship is the relationship you talked about with yourself and your son or your kid. And you say something to your kid And they say, well, you're judging me, you're value judging me, you're being judgmental. However, you can say, I am actually being a father and you are being a son. That is an agreement-based relationship. There's a responsibility I have as a father and there's a responsibility you have as a son. Whether you wanted to or not, you have agreed to have me as your father. There will be some day when you disagree and you don't have to have me as your father. You can walk away. But at this point, you are my son and I'm your father. Therefore, my judgment of you and me saying something about you is really you keeping your agreements with me. 
Now, to better understand that would be an agreement-based relationship between a boss and an employer. Okay, in a boss and employee relationship, there's an agreement there. There's an employee agrees to the uh, rules, the objectives, the mission, the process, the role that they have in this company. The boss has a responsibility to convey those clearly. So when a boss challenges an employee about not doing the job properly, he is really asking them to hold them accountable. You know, he is holding them accountable to an agreement they made. Okay. Another example that people sometimes get stuck on is with, with law enforcement. Basically, you as a person who goes and gets a driver's license, for example, when you go get the driver's license from the state you're in, in our case, state of Michigan, when you go get that driver's license, you're making an agreement with the state that you're going to take this license and abide by all the laws of the road. You've made that agreement. Now, it may be unspoken, but it's really an agreement. So for the police to hold you accountable to the laws of the road, they're doing their job. And they have to make good judgments about that. That's not value judging. That is different. So we have many, many examples of how this is also with teachers and, and students. When you go to a school, you agree to conform to the rules of the school. You agree to do that. If you don't like those rules, go to another school. But you'll find no matter what school you go to, there's a lot of standard rules that they have between teachers and students. So if you're not conforming to those rules that this administration and the teachers have put on you, and the teachers then can hold you accountable to that. So when we say that we can hold people accountable in agreement-based relationships, I get that. But what about a non-agreement-based relationship? Do you have that agreement with that person that you see on the street who you you don't like what he's doing? You don't like the way he's dressed. You don't like the way he's talking. You don't like his political position or whatever it might be. You then can say you can attack him personally and value judge him. That's a different thing. So now that we have dissected the four for root words, judge, we've dissected those. We've, we've split it up again into an agreement-based relationship and a non-agreement-based relationship. Now, where's the confusion, Ryan? Well, I think there's a lot of confusion here. I think that there's a lot of people are just not going to abide by this agreement. And the more compulsory the agreement, the less they see it as an agreement. In other words, the agreement seems very one-sided, so how can I, I didn't even agree to be in this agreement-based relationship. It seems you have, it, at least you have a, a compulsory agreement with your parents when you're young, and you have an ongoing compulsory agreement with Uncle Sam until you die, and then there might be some other, that like maybe changes over time. Right. So why, you know, if a person doesn't see themselves as a part of the agreement, then they're going to feel value judged or they're going to value judge. Mm -hmm. Right. So how do we address agreements? Yeah, which is this what leads to people who make comparisons. This is what leads to people trying to be in control of another person. This is what leads to people being judgmental. 
This is what leads to people being critical and criticizing others. Okay. So that is what we're talking about when we value judge. Those are the things we're doing. Now, if you've agreed to do something in an agreement-based relationship, if you've agreed to do it with it for something for a friend, if you've agreed to do something for a boss, then do it. And if you don't do it, don't be criticizing them for it. Don't be mad at them for it. It's something you agreed to. So why would we value judging that situation when we really need to be accountable and take responsibility, take personal responsibility for that situation instead of value judging it? Difficult concept, hard to do. Any other thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to make a general value judgment about most people that they don't have, they neither have the inspiration or motivation to actually change this about themselves. <laughs> well, I wouldn't disagree with that comment. <laughs> and I, I know it firsthand because it probably took me at least five years to really wrap my head around this thing and stop doing it. And I still do it, but stop doing it to the degree I did. It is, it is not an easy thing to do. It's not easy to break habits. And this is a very difficult habit to break. I want to make it more confusing. Great. Cause one of the things we do, I think with value judging is we get upset about what happens in the public square. We basically have the right in this country, at least we have in the past, to stand on the public square and speak our peace. We have a right of free speech. We can stand up and stand on the podium in the public square and pontificate what we feel is true. Somebody else at the other end of the park can stand on their podium and they can bark out what they think is true. And we have this freedom in this country to speak in the public square about what we believe. I think when we speak in the public square on what we believe, we open ourselves up for criticism. We open ourselves up for agreeing and disagreeing. We open ourselves up for comparison. So this is another place where it gets a little tricky. So we really value judging a person when they stand on the public square and pontificate what they believe. No, we just disagree in what they believe. Okay. And now if we disagree with what they believe, that's one thing. And we have a right to do that. But as soon as we start attacking that person, saying to them, they're an idiot. That's stupid. Now we're value judging. Soon as we start labeling them or attacking them with ad hominem attack, now that is value judging. So we have agreement-based relationships where as long as we're confined to the agreement, it's not value judging. And we have the public square where as long as it's freedom to speak your mind, that's not value judging. So there's a lot of places where it's not. See, even in the public square, or even in the agreement-based relationships, when we disagree with somebody, we can say to them, you know, tell me more about that. I disagree. I have a different viewing point. This is not our agreement. We can start having a conversation. But we don't attack the person. And that's the key. 
When we start attacking a person, that's when we start value judging. So are we still confused or do we still see ourselves having the right to attack people because we disagree with them? Well, we're still confused, but I don't think we have the right to attack people. I think that makes me think of the opposite. So what's the opposite of value judgment? Acceptance. Acceptance of the person for the way they are. Love, total unconditional acceptance. I accept you for the way you are. I don't, I don't agree, but I accept you for the way you are. So you're saying you can disagree with someone and value judge them, and that is going to trouble the relationship and lead to conflict. You're not accepting them when you value judge them. Or you can disagree with someone and accept them. And have a conversation. And have a conversation with we them. We can agree to disagree. What I like to do when I disagree with somebody, tell me more about that. Where did you come to first feel that way? Because I'm curious, first of all. I'm curious that they came up with this understanding that I would see as obtuse. It just doesn't match my values and what I believe. So instead of criticizing them and giving them an eye roll, I, I would say, well, tell me more about that. How did you come to that conclusion? Have you always felt that way or did something happen that caused it to change? I want to, I'm curious. I'm curious to find out what's going on. See, that to me is a conversation. And so, you know, oftentimes I find something in their personal history that they had happen to them that I go, whoa, if I would have had that happen in my personal history, I think I'd be a little jaded too. I think I would probably feel this what they're feeling. I can understand the, how they feel. I get it. So now I can be accepting even though I don't agree. I can still be loving and caring even though I don't agree. One thing we throw out the door when we value judge, is total unconditional acceptance and love. We throw that right out the door. You're nodding your head in the affirmative. The audience can't see why you're shaking your head in the affirmative. So what is that about? <laughs> well, what's total, um, you said total unconditional acceptance and love and acceptance. These are all states that people will find belonging, companionship, conversation, growth, as opposed to animosity and rejection, right? Yeah. And, well, first of all, I'm curious, what is total unconditional acceptance as opposed to Even accept, acceptance uh, turned up to 11? Yes. <laughs> okay. Even when, even when there, I don't agree with something that's happening, I'm going to give total unconditional acceptance because I say to myself, you know, they're doing the best they can with the prevailing awareness they had at the time. They're really doing the best they can right now with their awareness. Their awareness ties into their personal history. Their awareness ties into what they were always told. Their awareness come, may, maybe comes from a whole host of things. However, I can sit back and say, you know, I wonder what would happen. I'm curious. If they became aware of this, this thing that I know, would they still feel the same way they did. So I have hope that maybe with further awareness, they'll come to a different conclusion. And they may never come to a different conclusion. I know that 
when I refused to deal with value judging and I just, I was blocked out and said, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I don't value judge. You know, that's what I have to do. I, you know, I, I was not going to give it up. It took a series of new awarenesses for me to recognize that I was value judging. If I was going to continue to value judge the rest of my life, that I wouldn't have to ignore those awarenesses. But I made a decision that value judging was costing me. It was costing me a relationship. It was costing me love. It was costing me to be in a close, intimate relationship with another person. Because I was a value judger, I was destroying my opportunities to have those relationships with people. So I needed to catch myself and start saying, what can I do that's totally unconditionally accepting so that I can nurture these relationships instead of being critical, be affirming. Instead of trying to control and manipulate another person, be accepting and allow them to be who they are. Recognizing that my core beliefs are different than their core beliefs. So who's our right? It wasn't a matter of right and wrong. It was a matter of what is going to be best for the relationship. So for me, understanding what the antithesis of value judging would bring me was a huge, huge piece for me. Because what I was doing was costing me. And when my mentor said to me, what is it costing you? What is that belief that you have of value judging costing you? Well, it's costing me closeness. It's costing me love. It's costing me friendship. It's costing me intimacy. And it hurts. Maybe I did it for a reason. I've been hurt a lot in my life. And maybe I'm getting back by hurting others. And sometimes it's all I knew. You know, you watch a person respond the way they do and you think you want to value judge them. And they said, what happened in their personal history that would cause them to have that feeling? Was it an abusive father? Was it losing a mother at age two? Was it being told by a teacher something that was very negative? He was stupid, couldn't be educated, he'd never amount to anything. What happened in their life? Did they feel responsible for the death of someone? You know, what had happened in their life that would cause them to have this judgment or have this behavior? And so I found myself being curious. And uh, we talked about presumption last time, Brian, and you asked a similar question last time. What's the antithesis of presumption? And I said, curiosity. Mm -hmm. The antithesis of value judging is acceptance. So they go together and they do play together. One begets the other. I think understanding how they are interconnected is a huge blind spot for most people. Huge. It's a missing piece. Why do I know that? I was so blind to it, it took me 10 years to unblind it myself. And I get that it's hard. 
I get that people don't want to. A lot of people probably just stop listening to this this podcast already because they so much not wanted to do it. If I could have walked out of that seminar in Cincinnati and started my drive home earlier, I would have because I was done listening to it. I get it. I understand it. But I would ask you, what would it take for you to think about and give critical thought to this concept of value judging versus total unconditional acceptance? Or just acceptance. Yeah, trying to cut through the complexity of this, it seems that there is just too great a tax. The taxation that's levied on a relationship, whether it's in the workplace or a close family relationship or a romantic relationship or in your church or, or community, the, the weight of judging one another and projecting that judgment on one another it makes people feel unsafe around each other yes what i hear you saying is that if you want to have close personal relationships where people are real and, and they feel like they can be themselves around you they feel like they can be vulnerable around you because they trust you right is because you accepted them yes people don't trust that they can be themselves around you if you're value judging them. That's what you're saying. And your relationships started to change and you were blind to it until you were able to see that people were acting more themselves around you. Maybe people spoke their mind more than they used to because they weren't afraid of how you were going to jump down their throat or react. Right. So this, this is going to take a long time for anybody to do as it took you a long time to transition to, oh, I'm going to accept people where they are. It might be frustrating. I might not like it. I might have some residual value judgment yes. type language bouncing around in my brain, but I'm not going to let it come out of my mouth. I'm not going to let it stain their feeling when they're with me, because when they're with me, I want them to feel accepted and that they can be authentic when they're with me and that you do that for relationships with people that you love. So to get back to your question, the thing that causes you to finally change for most people is probably a broken relationship with a parent or a sibling or a spouse. And they realize, which it makes me think of a story. Actually, I had someone close to me who was kind of making different lifestyle decisions. And when I found out about that, those lifestyle decisions, I thought, well, I was really close with this person. So I asked them, why didn't you tell me about these lifestyle changes that you were making? Because in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know, because we're close, you know, you can tell me anything. And that person said to me, well, I thought you would judge me. He specifically said, I was afraid of your religious zeal. And I'm curious how many Christians would listen to this episode and and can remember a time where they were in a certain group or in a certain environment and they closeted or withheld their Christian identity because they didn't want to be seen as the judgmental one in the group because Christians are known to be judgmental about certain things, right? So this was a long time ago, but it really started a new conversation in my head. I had to take stock of how am I judging the people who I really want to love and I want them to love me and I want them to feel like I love them because he judged this person 
judged me because he was afraid that I was going to judge him. So this is a feedback loop of fear of being judged and, yes. and not being accepted. Right. And maybe there's some relationships that are, that's fine that way. We don't have to talk. We don't have to get together. But this particular one was a close relationship. I had to approach that differently. Yeah. And I think a lot of us have, maybe it's a handful, maybe it's hundreds, but we have these close relationships where it's just too important to let that judgment get in the way. And I think that's what changes people is the pain of losing out on those relationships. Yeah. And when you felt you were losing something in that relationship, you became curious and you asked a curiosity question. Yeah, that's right. And that's instead of presuming you asked, you became curious and you really then in the end, when even the person had a maybe different value and different belief than you, you became still accepting of that. Yes. And once the person felt that acceptance, the relationship healed. Yes. And it's became closer as a result of it. It's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. You actually did this whole process without, uh, we should probably should have told that story at the beginning. Then we wouldn't have had this long diatribe. Well, sometimes I have to <laughs> sit here and listen to you spin your wheels, trying to parse out the judge, judge, judgmental, discerning. Yeah. Fair. We got to keep a thesaurus right here on the desk. I know. It, well, yes, we do. I do keep one on the desk. So, uh, no, very true. Well, Brian, it's uh, this is a great topic. This we could talk about for days and days and days and weeks and weeks and weeks. I think it's just a huge piece in the healing process of relationships, just like you experienced with your relationship with this close friend. So with that, uh, we're going to bring this to a close. I hope this has been helpful for you listening on. You have a decision to make, continue to value judge, or become curious and start accepting and try to find why a person responds the way they do. So with that, we're going to close. Thanks for joining Ride the Elephant today. Join us again next week for another podcast. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us today. Your feedback is important to us, and we'd like to hear from you. Email your comments and questions to ray at raymckinley.com. Join us next week for another informative podcast with Dr. Ray McKinley. Have a great week.